Today's Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. You've heard me talk about Cufflinks before. You know all the awesome, geeky, as well as super high-class products they have. And if you check their homepage, they're always listing a bunch of deals for you. And, of course, I did just tell you one, DVR20. So go ahead and use that. And you know what? You still got to look good, people. We know you got to be careful out there. We still got corona going on, but you can still look good if you're zooming it or even if you're just walking past someone looking outside a window. So head on over to cufflinks.com today. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does, the mayor of Kingstown, baby. That's right. My name is Axel. Of course, I'm here with Heath. Say hi, Heath. Hello to all the prisoners of Kingstown. Oh, yeah. Well, the prisoners are having a party tonight, baby. We are here. Yeah, they are. To, oh, my God. What an episode. We're here to talk about episode nine of season one, The Lie of the Truth, directed by Stephen Kay, who some people may recognize. Again, we get another director here who has directed The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, Yellowstone, <laughs> The Get Carter remake. He's also an actor from New Zealand, Stephen Kay. I recognize the name. And this one written by Taylor Sheridan, but I'm giving Hugh Dillon props as well, as I always do. I want to start out by saying a quick thank you to our newest patron, Jesse Peterman. Thank you, Jesse. Much appreciated. Nice. Very cool. Welcome to the club. Go back into those archives. There's hundreds of podcasts that you can listen to that have only been released on the Patreon. You can do that too. Go to patreon.com slash DVR if you appreciate the show and want to give us support. And also want to thank our 10th review on the iTunes. You can give it on the U.S. iTunes. Because um, I realize, you know, there's iTunes all over the world. And if I missed you, hit us with an email. We only got one episode left. But we do appreciate every review. I do have an email from Brett with a theory on Milo, but before we do that, let's just kind of, let's settle in, man. That was, I did my intro. Let's settle in now. So let's take a deep breath. Ah, cause man, Jesse's girl. I just, I just watched this episode for the first time. This is an initial reaction for me. We're doing this Tuesday night. My wife and I just finished watching, and holy moly, what an episode. Are you shaking in your boots? Man, that <laughs> was, I mean, that was tense. I, I, we knew, we knew, as I think all people knew watching, that there, the prison, there was going to be a revolt, there was going to be a takeover, whatever you call it. Um, and it happened and wow, man, I mean, what were your, what, what are just some initial reactions you have since I'm playing it like that? What were your first kind of thoughts coming off this episode solo? Oh, just, I mean, color coded tension, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I was, you know, I can't say I was prepared for it, but they set up the tension so well when after like the breakfast scene with Kyle and Miriam and his wife, mm -hmm. and then the transfer of the prison prisoner and rewatching it. Like at first initial reaction, it felt like they were going to transfer. Uh, oh, what, what's the uh, inmate's name? P dog. Um, P oh, that is P dog. Yep, yeah. Me too. I, for some reason I thought they were doing P dog, but then you realize it's Milo. But if you rewatch it, the, the transfer of, P-Dog, the warden doesn't okay it till after Kyle's already like, we're transferring a prisoner. So uh, time-wise, so I was like, oh, okay. But it just felt that the way it was shot and stuff. But no, my initial reaction was, holy crap. I was lost in it. The way they show the um, observation cameras and, you know, our TV cameras, if you will, what we see. And then through, through the cameras of the prison. It just was so intense. 
it, I, I even said to my wife, I'm like, this is like Attica. And she's like, well, they have weapons. I don't know if they did. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I can't remember in Attica if they raided the weapons, but it was like, oh my God, this might be worse than Attica. And I was just, it, it was just so intense. The tension of viewer to, you know, watch it, watching the show. I, I was so lost in it. I was w- worried for everyone. Uh, it was intense. And then you have the Iris and Mike out of cell phone service. Don't have no idea what's going on. And it's just so that the, the back and forth between that two, it just, uh, it was, it was just, it was an amazing episode. So well crafted, so well done. Uh, you just came off the episode. Like what, what, what are some of your emotions? I, I mean, obviously I feel the same way. It was nuts. It, I was gripped the whole time. Um, the, uh, the idea of taking the two people who have been at the center of all of the tension through the season, Iris and Mike and removing them from the most tension filled <laughs> moments <laughs> is kind of genius and it really it's you know it reminds me of a lot of um uh kind of ideas or philosophies surrounding art i've talked a million times about the like obstructions and art on podcasts how you know you give yourself obstructions and it it forces you to rely on you know your other talents your other senses and by taking mike and iris out we become so accustomed especially iris to worrying about her and we saw what happened or that was terrible Mm. then to have that kind of removed and them be calm and then really push up like you you totally cued it in man starting with the kyle and the wife and i'm taking the job Right, he's he told um, Ian, "I'm taking the job with uh, with uh, the state police." Right, I'm out of here. He after his mom talked to him, he listened to her. The wife, oh, we feel you're at your highest moment of caring about Kyle. And then I was just kind of watching. They're doing the transfer, and then that P dog looks at that one dude who's mopping. And, and I was like, <laughs> mopping glow. Yep. I was like, fuck, this is going down right now. And who's over there? Yeah. Oh my God, it's Milo. So yep. I was like, this is going down. This is going to be a, f-. I was prepared, like, as it's happened, but it, then it just happened. They did such a wonderful job. And like you mentioned too, the little delays in timing, uh, mm-hmm. especially then later when we pick up on Miriam. And she's just kind of sitting there. The the word hasn't come to the the woman's prison yet. Right? right. And then so, man, they did a wonderful job with this. They should be very proud. You mentioned the cameras. I too noticed that from a filmmaking perspective. I thought to myself, this is an extremely clever and low cost way to give us that feeling of the whole prison is going crazy when you only needed to do one cgi drone shot of the smoke coming up you know what i mean that gives you a greater idea but they were able to through clever filmmaking and using those cameras so quickly jumping to them that it gave you the feeling that the whole prison was going crazy they did a really great job with this and i i think you know this show does not have a huge budget um it was just, it was wonderful, man. It was wonderful. And let's start, to, let's talk a little bit about Mike and Iris. They didn't do much, but that, that was. They didn't do much, but there was a lot yeah. being done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to, and it was such a, this show, something I've noticed is that every episode has started off with like an industrial or a prison shot where you right away feel that way. And to start off with this little, like, finally we get to see Mike Cook. Finally, we're inside the cabin. Yeah, that wasn't the teaser, though. But if do you want to go? Because it it goes to um, the SWAT team uh, going to the Nazi house. That was the teaser. 
Oh yes, you you are correct. But I ju- you you're right. You're right. But right. but we can. Yeah. But I want to talk about. I'm with you. I want to talk about Mike and Iris first. But you're right. They show the industrial stuff, and then you see the woods, and then it goes into the cabin. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Right? Did I miss that scene? Because I went past the I I went past the credits. I might have skipped. Oh, you then there's a whole teaser. Oh, in okay. There. Tell me what happened. Live on okay. the podcast. All right, live on the podcast. Okay, so it starts out. You see some guys, uh, police officers, um, in a truck, and our SWAT guy. What's his name? Uh, it's been a few episodes since he's been in there. The dude we love. Yes. So okay. he started off with the one-liners and whatever. He's got a SWAT team outside of Pete's love shack. Okay. okay, because they said they they heard shots. Neighbors heard shots, so they're there. But they but the guy in the truck doesn't authorize them to go in there. They want to wait for I believe a warrant um, to, before they go in. And then the SWAT team sees someone moving around, so they enter and th- they get the they get the you know that like not boomerang, but what's that thing called that big bar where you bust down the door? Yeah, you know the battering ram. Yep first time i've ever seen it they go to bust down the door and someone opens it and they hit the guy <laughs> so someone but, was in the apartment remember okay I, there was a okay. there was a bunch of people there in like not hazmat suits but like uh the london csi you know how they put uh-huh. those the gut cap and gown kind of things on and booties so and they're all armed and and that's why i wanted to ask you because i was like what are they doing in there are they cleaning it up you know, cleaning up the mess of the dead bodies, it really doesn't, they don't really explain that, but they, but it's an intense scene. I mean, they, you know, they're shooting people, shooting, they're shooting back at them. SWAT team's taking everyone out. Then our, our SWAT guy, what, what's his name? I'm looking. It's uh, not rock. Okay. Look it up. Cause I he keep saying SWAT guy. He deserves better than that. Robert. Robert. Okay, so he goes and he tases this one girl uh, who's in that was in there, and he's cuffing her or tying her up. And he goes, "You, you got some splaining to do, the Ricky Ricardo." But he doesn't say it. But she's not Latin. It would be. It would be. I guess it would have been funnier if she was Latin. And he said, but he didn't do the Ricky voice. But he just, you know, I just noticed that. And they basically bring it, you know arrest uh kill kill a bunch of people and arrest some of them and then it goes to the teaser okay it goes to the that's the teaser Interesting. so that goes then it goes to the credits okay all right okay wow well I'm, so you well, need to go back fun. and watch that yeah but <laughs> as you explain it so that's picking right up after what mike did and so they so someone right. had moved in a crew to clean it up yeah for the cops that had to have been milo Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah, because right. I don't know because it looked, it looked like, I mean, it it was white people, so it, it could have been Aryan Brotherhood or Russians. It could have been, um, I don't know. That's the only that actually would make the only sense. It wouldn't be the if it was the FBI. No, if it was the FBI, say, they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah they wouldn't have be. They wouldn't be shooting at SWAT. So somebody sent a cleaning crew in there. Interesting. So. And SWAT was on on scene again because they heard uh, neighbors reported in that they heard gunshots, but they, you know, they don't know what. So they're waiting for some sort of warrant or something or back. I don't think backup, but I think it was a warrant uh, to go in. And of course, Robert's like, oh, I see movement. We're going in. (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to go back and watch that, man. That's interesting. Yeah, I must have skipped past it when I was going past the... um the opening credits always watch the credits man yeah always watch the credits man see perry's always yelling at me too because i'm always jumping past the credits yeah not on mayor kingstown it's so cool i love the credit sequence it's very seven ish very i I just love seeing the characters and 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 like the jump in time with their profiles and stuff i just it's really 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 neat um so so that's what happened axel all right well now we know that part. That's interesting. I guess we'll see <laughs> that that kind. But that's interesting because it 
it is does that in a sense clear Mike because you've got these other people there, you know? I you know, I don't know. That's it? the thing. They don't explain it. Um, it's just there's a cleaning crew there that's armed. That's it. And I was like, why would a cleaning crew be there? Who would have notified them? How did they know that people got taken out? Does someone show up, make a call? You know, there there is no explanation of why there's a cleaning crew there. Maybe because there's drugs and there's other things there. Maybe that's what they're trying to get out of, uh, you know, clean it up. Because maybe there's a lot of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And they're definitely armed just in case someone, because they don't know who did it probably. Um, unless someone did escape that we didn't see. Um, so they're, they're trying to clean something up because mm-hmm. they probably don't want, don't want, you know, the police to find things or, you know, so that, that would make sense. So, but I don't know why would Milo, why would Milo want to clean that up? Well, That's the only thing. I mean, maybe he, I don't know, just to kind of, or maybe to get like Mike, hey, I got this. Yeah, you exactly. know, I did this for you, kind of. Right. Thing. Who knows? He can keep it over Mike, or basically just to keep that quiet because those were his dudes, and he just doesn't want cops sniffing around involved yeah. in what they were up to. Um, you know, we had talked last episode. We were talking about maybe. You know, I mean, there is the my the Milo of it all. You think like, did he want? We talked about did he want Mike to take them out? Was that part of it? Um, right. You know, so that's interesting. It. Ha- I mean, I would think he's the only person we know in this show that kind of has the means to do that, right? So right. Right. It, that that and it does give him a one up on Mike, and maybe he's just maybe he's clearing house in a sense and kind of using Mike to do it. That, you know that that could be a, yeah the uh, the takeover on the streets. Yeah, you know that's interesting. Well, listen, yeah. we on the same note, we got an email from Brett. I wonder if Milo had a plan to escape all along that basically went down exactly like we saw. He wanted Mike to find the school bus with the feds in order to guarantee that he would be transferred to the county prison for interrogation. The chance, the transfer process provides an opportunity to escape. Perhaps the custodian inmate that wrestled away the weapon was Milo's man all along and P dogs fortuitous presence just shifted the leadership off the offense of the offensive attack. Overall, Milo was the one that Kyle and Ian were there to transfer, and Milo already knew what all what all the keys unlocked. In what seemed like a spontaneous attack, Milo injected himself seamlessly. I know it's a long shot theory, but I'm trying. Brett, I don't think you're I don't think you need it. You don't have to try. You completed it. I think this is I mean, he just walks away in the middle of it, right? Like, well, in the beginning of it, he just, he, he looks around, he sees that door, Milo, and he's gone, and we don't see him the rest of the episode. Yeah, no, I, well, I think when all the leaders were talking without soldiers, talking about the guards, this was a big planned thing, I think, all around. I don't think it was just a P-Dog plan. Like, it yes, was definitely. maybe... You know, because because Just they like hear the gunshots and what are they? Yeah, it's like exactly. And they heard gunshots and stuff. And then the other prisoners started, you know, beating up the guards there. That was like their signal almost. Um, so I think that was the plan all along. Because I mean, P Dog <laughs> told our boy Ed, "You better you better kill me tonight, then, because um, you know, if you don't, shit's going down." He basically told him. You know, of course, Ed didn't believe him because Ed thinks he's you know freaking napoleon but um yeah it, it may be so well, maybe like that was now. my yeah well <laughs> Dead. yeah napoleon dynamite um but uh, but yeah no he um i you know thinking to milo the whole calculation thing he knows so milo is in the same prison so we yes, we at first yeah. didn't think that but then we're like well he's in solitary maybe he is so he so i mean this triple confirms it um so he, he he's probably setting up he knew he'd be transferred to be arraigned he knew this shit's going down it's perfect perfect setup like he probably knew something was about to happen i believe i don't think it was an opportunity thing 
knowing Milo, it was planned, knowing that this was going to happen. You probably got word in solitary that the plan is, you know, about the plan. I, I, I would strongly assume. So I think Brett is right because I don't think it was a, I don't think it was happenstance. It, it just, it, it, you know, he was like you said, he was memorized the colors and all that, but now P dog and the boys didn't know about the colors. So they would have been screwed <laughs> time-wise had Milo not been there to guide them. I to think, tell them to go get the guns. And that's an I mean, as- they were about to leave. Right, but that's an aspect of it where we do have to consider that Milo was was probably not it he was not involved in the like I don't think that P Dog knew that no, Milo was no. going to get involved, but Milo knew because he was using his representative yes. that P Dog was talking to. Right. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Tywin Lannister shit. Right. One hundred percent. I agree with you. So that's the way uh, I think that's totally true, because and it's the same thing as when the um, as as when the guards, Ed and uh, the captain, right, are watching. And yeah, Kareem. I just I think we first heard his name. Kareem. Michael Beach, who plays. Yeah, he called him Kareem. And I don't know if I had ever heard that before. Uh, possibly, but I was kind of listening for it. Cause I'm like, Oh, what is it? I don't want to keep calling him Michael beach. Cause that's the real actor. Man, what a, he's <laughs> such like, a Michael great beach actor, got man. He has such presence oh, at, like with one look ever he, since ER man, yeah. he got a great guest spot on yeah. ER in season four where he's dating the Gloria Rubin character. And he finds out because of an affair, he had, he contracted HIV and there's this whole storyline with him. It's pretty amazing. But anyway, uh, just some late nineties, uh, Michael. Beach. And that was brave to take that role back in that, back in the day. You know what I'm oh, saying? Hell yeah. Good hell actor. yeah. Good actor. Yeah. Fantastic. But in the same way that they were trying to convince the warden, Hey, look, just like we noticed, they purposefully passed the shiv from a white mm-hmm. dude to a black dude, right? Like they're working together. And then the warden's like, I promised them. And then this is, I i mean, Ed is a despicable character, great actor, despicable character. But the, yeah, at yeah. this point, I was so on his side. And I was like, you dumb man. Like, honestly, I am a person. I would consider myself a prison rights advocate. I, I or, or uh, I agree that our prisons need to be changed and reformed. And I don't think that a person makes a mistake. There's so many different reasons. His thinking, I don't agree with, but the attitude you have to agree with. And the naivete of the warden in this case is the only part of the show that I thought was slightly unrealistic because he must have already seen how much shit was going down. But then again, this this shit happens. There are always people, right? He's trying to do what he thinks is the right thing that he made some sort of agreement, right? He was able to bring all the captains together and talk to them. But obviously we know better as the audience and Ed knows better. And I'm sitting there going, listen to Ed for once. (laughs) Like Ed's right. Like you better lock this thing down or there's gonna be a lot of dead people. Like you don't have to beat up all the prisoners, but you probably need to lock it down, man. And think about information flow. Who knows what? You know, the warden's in the dark. He kind of knows something's going on. Kareem thinks the retaliation is, oh, I don't know if he thinks, but he feeds that info. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how much he knows, but he says about the letter with Sam, and yep. that's why this is happening. But Ed knows it's happening because they had the other guy killed, you know, who you know, blew up his kid and his um, wife or girlfriend baby mama. Yeah. And, 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 and so um, I don't think Kareem knows that to that end. He knows some, cause he's like, I had to give him something. But I so, think he does. I think okay, he yeah. does because okay. that's why he get, cause you're exactly like you're saying, it's like, I have to give him something. But then Ed is like, well, you gave him the beginning. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you were going to give yeah, him you're something, right. I just convinced myself yes. as I was going through it. Like, you wait don't a need to get like, you just gave him the biggest crumb, like to start the journey on how this all started. And all you need to do is connect the dots. And just as 
later on with Miriam, those uh, two attorneys or the district attorney, I guess they were, they had already connected the dots. Come on. There's two things went down. They were related. There had been prior incidents. We had to move the guy. I mean, come on. Like, so that's, yeah, that was, that was an interesting part there, but. Okay. Yeah. So Kareem probably does know. I think he does. And I, I mean, what they discussed with each other, it doesn't matter now. They're both dead, you know? Yeah. We find out Tim actually died as well. Yeah. Uh, which, which they're all dead, dude. All those guys that we have been following this whole season, this show is pretty brutal. Um, I've been rewatching game of Thrones and I'm watching this show and I'm like, this is kind of, there's a, there's a certain GOT Shakespearean, uh, Mm -hmm. tragedy. The red key, the red key. It's the black key. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sansa's behind that door. Sansa, Um, Sansa's the red key. (laughs) I, I I just have to say, I'm so happy that Kyle and Ian were not dead when they flashed back to the room and there was one guy that was really sprawled out. First, I thought it was Kyle, but it turned out to be the cop that was already dead. And Ian tells him like he's already dead. But I'm, yeah, oh, go ahead. That, I'm sorry, Axel, that shot when they go to like the prison camera, when they kind of wake up. Yeah. It was just like just it was like a full frame, widescreen shot of it. Just was like with the with the way the colors were, it, it just it was it was such a cool looking shot. Yeah. Loved it. Great direction and cinematography in this episode. Really, really enjoyed it. A lot of so many interiors, which is difficult in using. That's another reason using the when you use if you're using a real place like a prison like that. It's difficult to get the cameras and the lights and you know in a hall like hallways and dark places, right. and you can't blow the wall out. Like I'm sure when they were when they were underground, I don't know that that was a real underground of the prison, right? Like that probably was a set or something, you know, that they could blow some walls out and put some lights in right, the cameras. Right. But I don't. You can't do that. So using those cameras. Man, it really, yeah, it worked well. But well, it's was... funny too, because you mentioned Stephen K uh, directed the Get Carter reboot with Stallone and Mickey Rourke. Yeah, which I love that movie actually. Um, when I was, it's funny, real quick with that movie. When I was in Atlantic City, this was in like 2000. I won. I was with my dad, and we I won 1,800 bucks on roulette, and I didn't want to <laughs> lose it. So I, so I went, so I went. I, I took a cab, got some cigars. Went back to my hotel room, ordered Get Carter on pay per view, nice. ordered a grilled cheese sandwich, and took Nyquil <laughs> to go to bed after, so I wouldn't gamble anymore. <laughs> but your so, dad but, stayed but, there. Yeah, but he was gambling all night. He come in at like four in the morning. Um, there you go, waking me up. But but what I'm saying is the the actual prison camera shots remind me of the aesthetic of Get Carter. Mm. Yeah, that the, those colors. Yep. Uh, so. Just a it's little great stuff, man. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Ian and um, and Kyle, because this to me was the re- that added so much more. That really made me feel like I was in that prison, right? Yeah. If they had not included that part, and it had just been okay, there's you know we get to see people we know like. Um, you know, Ed and and whatnot, but having Kyle and Ian, who we haven't seen really inside the prison, we're used to seeing them on the street, right? And we get to see them go through the same process that Mike did a little. They didn't go through as much with them as they did with Mike. I don't remember the guy taking the pictures of everything, but um, right. when they go through, and I wonder if that's going to play into something like they're going to get back to that place and get their phone or something like, why did we keep on seeing that? I just think about that, but they really went in depth yeah. of them taking their guns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle doing the, 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 bullet. Uh, yeah. the last, the bullet in the chamber. <laughs> pop up. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do know, that right that's now. Everybody wants to do that. Right? Like, yeah, everyone like wants to thing. do that. Right? Um, well, okay. Well, I, didn't, I didn't mean like, <laughs> I mean like that. Actually. No, I thought I knew you'd pick that up, man. I knew it. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, uh, I they, just they made me feel the tr- the feeling of being trapped because 
You're feeling, again, the opposite tension. You're feeling the prisoners be free, right? Like there's a certain part mm-hmm. of you, a certain part of anyone, if you just see a prison, you, you imagine yourself in it and then, oh my God, you're free, you're running around, you know? But then they're trapped and then you really understand. And then when they meet the other people, like the child molesters and whatnot, who are hiding out in the basement too, you you really get, oh man, I can't wait for the next episode. I wonder if we're going to see a conclusion of all of this in the next episode. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of yeah, hope we I don't, don't so we get another season, but it seems like there's a I lot know. that could go down. They are promoting season finale, which is good because uh, my wife too is like, you know, so used to us watching these limited series. Yeah. So she has to check with me. Now, is this going to go on? We're like, I'm like, I hope so. I, it's not a limited series, but I'm hoping there's another season um, or two or five. But yeah, it, it's it's the them trapped in there added so much. And I'm literally like, no, 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 no. Please. Kyle can't die. Ian can't die. I love these characters. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm like, I feel like I want to help them. But the fact that they're trapped and looking for a way out, is just another great storyline in this crazy prison uh craziness oh hey guess what what i hadn't looked at this since last episode i just found out from the internet the interwebs now this is not a a total this is like a kind of reliable source um but i'm looking i'm seeing it at a couple different places it does seem that though they haven't officially announced a renewal um, Mm -hmm. production weekly have reported that the season is in pre-production. Wow. With production beginning plan to begin shortly targeting, targeting a late 2022 release date. But I don't know if I believe this though. I I probably should have waited to say that on the podcast being a former journalist. We could probably (laughs) wait until we have a, a real, announcement but my feeling i'm getting the feeling like i said i felt all along that this is this is basically renner's to renew like this is his show right yeah and i I think this show will gain momentum throughout the year streaming it's done well and 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 even yeah get more momentum and then with a new season i think more people will jump on um because, you know, sometimes if people think it's a limited series, they may save it. Not, you know what I mean? Like, yep. so it's once they find out there's more seasons, it's like, oh, like with the Ozark with me, we didn't jump on till the third season came out. So we binged all three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's well, coming I back. Think, I think also it's just a good time to be in business with Taylor Sheridan and 1883 yeah. is getting amazing reviews. Uh, you know, people love this season of Yellowstone. I think this has been a Jimmy. lot of a fun season of Yellowstone. Oh yeah. <laughs> show is great. Jimmy, the sixes. Um, uh, so I think that they want to stay in business with him. And it's just a question of when Jeremy Renner is free to do another season or if he wants to, yeah. which I wouldn't see why. Maybe they get some more you know. money into yeah. the budget and we shall see so, but back to kyle see. and ian i was so happy again that ian made it especially and so far so far <laughs> kyle um but yeah going through hiding out you know he's got the using the red bull to get the sting out of yeah. his eyes and then uh, my wife goes, there's a whole water cooler there. And she's a nurse. She's like, why That's, didn't he okay. use the water? I don't, this was a question I was going to ask you, actually. Is there something special in Red Bull or like, the, you know, it, I know it has taurine or something like it's kind and of. And it gives thick. you wings. So. Well, it is also, it does give you wings. <laughs> right. So. I believe I can fly. Um, but it does have bubbles. It's carbonated. So I think anything with bubbles, help. I learned this from the TV commercial of the little bubbles. Remember, like the the cleaning commercial, that it's the mm-hmm. little bubbles that help. So you w- maybe that's like a little cop trick or something 
using a, something that's carbonated to get pepper spray Maybe out of your eyes. It works faster. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking too the ingredients. I was thinking, but like, <laughs> I didn't know there was Red Bull in there. <laughs> but I guess, you know, I don't know. But yeah. Maybe he's been in there before, get, grabbing a drink. Um, but yeah, so who knows, Axel? Red Bull gives you wings and takes out pepper spray. Takes out pepper spray. That was crazy. Um, all right, so we talked a little bit about Miriam, but I wanted to kind of dive into it because, man, I still think about that um speech she gave about you know the error uh the era of uh competition is over we must enter the era of uh working together and basically in this episode did you find that she was being a bit naive about cherry i was a bit i was kind of surprised and I was wondering what they're kind of telling us through that. I'll be honest. She pissed me off this episode okay. a lot. I was really like upset at her. She just seemed like a crusty old woman who just can't keep her mouth shut. But yet she'll bash Mike because he's a criminal. But yet the, a inmate. Yeah, she's only 20. But, you know, gives her the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, is it because she's a woman? It's possible. Uh, but I'm just like, how can you be so naive? Did she want to be naive? Did she, but yet she, you know, remember when that uh, native American, uh, inmate was like, Hey, can you talk to, can you talk to your son? I have someone coming and she's like, get the fuck out of here. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, I mean, I and yet say that exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. And she catches, she catches Sam, you know, mingling with the, with, you know, uh-huh. talking and is like, you know, gives it, but yet. And then the whole interrogate, well, not interrogation, but the hurl going in there telling her, you know, it's being recorded and whatnot. And it's almost like she, she gave her and out. she thought she would just tell her the truth with her eyes. I mean, it was, yeah, it didn't, it was weird to me. I have to say that I brought up her great speech there, the era of cooperation. I was, I forgot my word there for a second, but I think that this was a little weird to me and I think it was, I felt there was a duality with her and the warden where this show, this is an interesting show because it definitely has a message of how bad the prisons are and no one's being rehabilitated. It's just not, no, no one's happy. It's not working. People are getting beat, killed. The guards are in on it, all this shit, right? It's obviously not a flattering um, uh, portrayal of prisons in America, but I like the way that they also say, Hey, but then again, with what Ed said kind of is ringing true. Right. And the idea also though, that you hear people in prison say, if someone treats you like an animal, you act like an animal. Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea that does that also work for Miriam for if she treats Cherry, she thinks like an honest person, she's going to act like that. But that's not true, right? It's uh, no. it, and, she, and and right there that scene, whether she believes her or not, which I don't think. Like when she goes, I feel better already. Yeah, like yeah. I, Mocking, I think she yeah. just real. Yeah, I think she just. That's when she realizes, oh geez, and it almost feels Axel that the warden Miriam, that age group seems more naive than the eight, you know, the age groups, generations below them. Mm, that's an in interesting point. That's an it interesting just seems point. like, yeah, it seems like they just don't know what's really going on. Is it that they're not educated? They don't want to believe it. Or they just, you know, older Stuck in, in years. Yeah. And, but then again, know, it's funny because they seem to be the two people who are, have the most kind of empathetic point of view in for the prisoners, but the show in general, I think has an extremely empathetic point of view towards the prisoners, actually towards everyone. I think it tries to show right, the right. humanity of everyone, maybe not Correct. the Nazis, but um, 
I think no, that maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Well, Pete. Well, Mike did trash Pete's <laughs> office window. You know, I That's felt true. for him, but he did. He did pay for it to get replaced. Yeah, he did. He, he did. did. Um, he called yeah, it a favor. It's interesting. It is interesting. I think the Miriam stuff, but man, her too. Great. I mean, of course, she's an amazing actress, but just the way she was shaking and the woman was helping her. But, you know, this is she all of a sudden aged 20 more years and like couldn't get out. She was like your your grand, your poor, helpless grandmother. Yeah. And she laid into it, too. Right. Like, right. Heath, like, you know, as an actor, if some if if the you know, you're directed, okay, someone's going to help you out. You don't just like you have to also act like they're helping you right yeah yeah because why are they helping yes so why are they helping you okay so, so you're struggling she, a little bit yeah she yeah. turned it on man as soon as she got up it's like oh, shaking yeah. and then getting in the car and seeing the explosion and it was that scene too was done very well and that kind of showed mm-hmm. her frailty too after seeing her interaction yes. with the with the uh lawyers and then with cherry then she's out there and then you see she's just really a woman worried about her children, her her potential grandchild, knowing she knew yeah, Kyle was yeah. going there for the transfer, right? Right. So, they set that up nicely. Yep. So it was, I think that kind of brought it back for me where I was feeling, wow, they're really kind of laying into her a bit in this episode, making her look pretty naive and silly. I mean, they say straight up. She's involved. Like they told the whole, the, I thought that scene was great because those two lawyers were like, just laying it out. Like, look, she's, it was a sanctioned hit. Sanctioned hit. Yep. She's with them. Blah. This is why she did it. They were not like, there was nothing crazy about what they were saying. I mean, she hears about this stuff all the time, but she just didn't want to believe it. And it's that yeah, same thing with, yeah, with the, with her kids, you know? And I, I feel like it made me feel that her and Mike are going to have to come together. And perhaps that's some kind of healing we might see in this final episode where their relationship, they, they're forced to work together. They're on the outside. They know Kyle is in there. You know what I mean? Like you got to see Mike get involved with it, her get involved. So I hope I would, that that happens. I would hope so. But the way she is, she blames Mike for everything. She does everything. But maybe but so she she's going to realize she, that, though, right? Like it wasn't his fault that she Mitch could. Died, no, she know? could. She definitely could, and I hope so. And I hope you're right. But right now, I don't feel that way. I feel like she's just going to get your son, get my, get my son out of there. Yeah, it's your fault. Like I love Diane Weiss. Don't get me wrong. I think she's one of the most phenomenal actresses on the planet. Just her character, as we're talking about, I just, she frustrates me so much. Um, I, I just, the, I mean, I know she has to be, she's trying to be a mom, like going back to the scene with Kyle at breakfast, that whole thing, like she's right. And even Kyle says it, but like her approach, mm, yeah, just, it, it, it's just, <laughs> it's not working. It left it's not a lot working. to be desired. Now, <laughs> it's like I you know. wanted to tell, honestly, while she was talking, I felt like I was like, I have been in the room with people before where I just felt like you are way out of line. Like you're yeah. right, but you are way out of line. And this is not cool. You know, and in that yeah. in that moment with Kyle and his wife, just what a moment. It's just she wasn't bitchy at him. She was just like, I need you. She goes, I can't do that. You know, in her eyes, in her tears, her 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 body language. I can't do this alone. I need you. So do you think that Kyle, since he found out he's having a son, there's a due date that makes it real. Um is that when after his interaction with his wife is that when he decided to take yeah. the job you think oh totally right yep that's what did it because that's, that's what did it because you think about it he doesn't have to tell his wife and his mom like the the real hurdle is to tell his partner right and to tell yeah. the force and to tell his other family and so i do think that and i think that that's yeah that's why just heighten the drama so much and 
the moments with his wife were really touching. And I, I really do appreciate the way they've written her too and created this character who seems like a supportive. She seems like she understands what she married, right? She's not mm-hmm. happy about it. We've seen that scene. She's frustrated. She knows the dangers, but her she is a balanced in a way that does make Miriam appear more unbalanced, even though she's right. And I and this episode yeah. was an interesting episode for Miriam, really, with all the stuff going on in the prison and everything. It's kind of sneak sneakily. She's a big part of this episode. That's why I feel like we hadn't really seen her for a couple episodes really doing a whole lot. You know, you get a scene with her meeting with Mike real quick or giving her classes, which are amazing. Right. But um, yeah, I, I want to take her course. Yeah. But let's let's talk a little bit. We've talked about the riot, but I just want to talk about certain points of it. So okay, brutal. You knew they were going to toss a guard over the railing. <laughs> like you yeah. just knew that was going to happen. Um, how about our our uh, our crotchety, sad Vienna sausage? I call him Vienna sausage. <laughs> yes, Vienna so Ernie taking people out up there. Right? Do you oh, think that Ernie yeah. is going to, maybe he's going to end up being, why, why did we see that scene with him? Why do we know about his life? There has to, is he going to end up being a hero here or something? You know, that's a great point, Axel, because, uh, you know, you think, oh, he's just going to get overrun, but not yet. They, they, they retreat and he's taking, you know, yeah. people out and then he pauses. Um, ah, like, is it like, that he just doesn't care if he dies or um, maybe yeah we're seeing what you know it's like coming from the other side right like push to his limits he's he's going to be like soldier through this thing but he's really the only guard that we see that i mean we still don't still the prison's going nuts we don't know all about different parts of it like like you said earlier we just learned that milo's in the same prison <laughs> yeah yeah they may i think they tricked us though they kind of shot it the same way a little i think that was a little bit of trickery um yeah i was, think so it was one did seem darker his did seem lighter but we could have invented that in our minds um, but yeah, I feel like Ernie could end up, you got Ernie up there, you got Kyle and Ian still in the basement with a bunch of other prisoners. It seems like they were, they, they came out into the yard and then Ernie started firing, but then he kind of stopped. So they just were still there. Right. So they have control of like virtually the whole prison. We have, we didn't see the warden. We no. didn't flash at any time to the warden. So I've got to guess that we have to see a bigger response, people coming from the outside. By the time we get back to it, this situation will have been like, we'll kind of have a better understanding of how many guards were killed. But man, they killed a lot of guards. Like, yeah. I mean, Kareem's, his head got smashed. Ed, we don't see him actually die but with p dog looking at him i mean will they take him as a prisoner or will he kill him you're right, right there uh, you're right we didn't actually i was saying ed's dead but we did not see him die he could he no could, we saw his bloody mouth and yeah. p dog come in and he's like i told you he didn't say it like that but <laughs> um, I was on, um that's good actor too man they did great casting oh he's in great show. he's great um so like, what is it going to be? Are they just trying to escape? Are they going to be, are they going to get out or are they going to be stuck in prison? Just taking the prison over. You know, we know Milo looks like he might've escaped. Now is P dog and the rest. Cause my imagination was they were about to leave. They were all going to escape and, and terrorize and the town's going to go ape shit, you know, but, or are they going to be stuck in there? I mean, it depends on time. It depends how much time, if the warden or someone call the National Guard or SWAT or whatever. But I mean, I doubt they could be there within 10 minutes, you know, maybe SWAT, but they have to set a perimeter, do go over their tactical plan. They can't, they don't, can't, they're not just going to barge in. So will P Dog and some people get out before um, they send reinf- reinforcements get there? 
I, you know, that's a question for next week. That's and the finale. That's what I was thinking because you think about it and you know, our friend Mike Hall made this uh, great film called betrayal at Attica. Uh, go out and watch it on HBO Max. And there's another, it was the anniversary of Attic, and there's another documentary, Attic, on Showtime. Um, in in situations like that, in other prison, you know, quote unquote riots, there it's because of the conditions, right? And they want the conditions to become better. There's like, uh, they're going to negotiate. But in this case, and that's why the whole Milo thing plays into it too. And it's like, what are they going to negotiate? It seems like everything was kind of working already, right? They were getting their yeah. drugs. Yeah. So it's everything got fucked up. It could always go either way because that's what happens in this town, right? And that's how Mike and all of them described it. But. Honestly, if I was those prisoners, I would get the fuck out of there. I would, there's no reason to take over the prison. So yeah, I, I think you're right. Eventually you're gonna, yeah. yeah. I think either Milo got out already or P dog and maybe Bunny's going to be involved in helping them get yeah, out. Yeah. No bunny in this episode. No yeah. bunny in this episode. So I uh, just, a, but yeah, <laughs> you are like, <laughs> give me the papers, give me the papers, <laughs> give me the papers. get the papers. Give me two times, but no, you're right. Cause I, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I don't think P dog wants to chill. Right. And, Why? And, what's the and, advantage? And think, well, what's the point? You had you had everything. Yep. Um, now they're caged animals. They're criminals. Uh, so the the killing of the guards and stuff was gonna happen. They don't right, care. Right. Especially most of them are doing life. You know, it's probably like, what were they gonna do to me? Yeah. You know, but put I'm me in the electric of, chair. You're right. The average prisoner did not know this was gonna occur. Perhaps. Or maybe the word had gone and gotten out, but it's the it's the head guys and Carlos are these guys that we've seen, right? That mm-hmm. we've gotten to know outside. Now they're inside. I would think that the idea would be to get out, you know, to get out of the prison and escape because it just seems to me, what are they going to negotiate? I mean, they may have some different. Perhaps we'll see some kind of fake negotiations while they escape. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Something's bigger going on. And that's why we've seen all this stuff happen during the season. Maybe they're going to use the bus that had all the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Milo's going to be like, Mike, I need the bus. <laughs> get, get me to the bus now. Sandra. The red key. Sandra, but, get me the bus. Yeah, because I, I think that's a good point because you got your P-Dog, your Milo. Uh, looks like they're they're killing and looking to escape where you have all the a lot of these other prisoners just in the prison yard just yep, going you know hooting and hollering to b4ni.com DJ Tim Hines music <laughs> they're just celebrating and dancing out there yep. uh, so th- there's probably a bunch that don't know or, or maybe they don't I mean because think about it, if all the prisoners escaped how crazy it would be in Kingstown um, I don't know if they're going to, I doubt they're going to do that, but the key, some key people may leave, which would add to some excellent fugitive esque mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. stuff. So that would be fun too. You're right. Um, all right. Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about the episode and I, I'm now remembering, we said we we're going to talk about Mike and Iris, but we really didn't talk too much. <laughs> let's, let's go back and talk about <laughs> we it. We totally skipped it. We skipped it, but we do. <laughs> Uh, we I wanted to say this is the first time we're inside the cabin, right? We're seeing right. Mike completely this episode, emotional, um, loving, caring. When he's making those eggs and putting together this German pancake. German pancake, it was beautiful to watch. Reminded me a little of the new season of Dexter because of the cabin and all that, but I have right, to clear right, my right. mind of that. But it was we we've heard him talk about making food. We're actually seeing it. It was really for me. I thought it was a great like emotional character payoff. I thought that I really felt it, and the scenes between him and Iris. She toned down. She's still a little too. 
uh, performative for me at times, you know, even when she's being, mm-hmm. um, a kind of being more open to Mike, she still has a catchphrase here, but then she kind of lowers her guard. I thought it was a real, the, when he just starts crying, when she's talking to him, they're just really feeling free and everything. Meanwhile, all this shit's going down at the prison, but I thought it was really great too. A lot of shots. Jeremy Renner had, does have great hands. And a lot of They're shots long of his hands. and interesting looking hands. Yeah, they look like they've been they've built houses, which we know they have. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and yeah. Uh, I just think they did some great shots here. This was really a great, great episode, directing and and cinematography wise. And I was into all these scenes. Usually, when a show kind of bifurcates itself like this and. They're like out at the cabin. I, I kind of get bored at the out at the cabin stuff. I'm like, let's get back to the prison. But I felt right, like it was right. just enough. And I did buy the feeling between them, which worried yeah. me a little bit because I still don't trust her that much. Yeah, I I keep thinking of Joe the Russian. Yep. She takes down judges. That's why I'm like, but so but when he's making, first of all, I was like, okay, I think he's making a pancake. And then it's like, but he's putting it in a pan in the oven. What's going on? Is he making just one big one? So they great can share? oven too, like, man. Yeah. Like I was, I was so into him cooking and I'm glad they let us know what it was. Uh, because for me, I'm like, I need to know what this is. I don't want to have to wait to Wyoming, the Wyoming years of the show just to see the, what, what that pancake was. But, you know, he puts on the, the sugar or the cinnamon or whatever. It, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Now, she says, I, 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 I can't eat in front of you. Mm, yeah. What do you think that is about, Axel? Um, I think it, body image, you know. I mean, obviously, that's been a big part of her life. And, you know, being kind of sexualized or just even the intimacy. I'm, I'll tell you what. I don't like people. I don't like people sitting across me when I eat. Um, I don't like, I kind of don't like the idea of being like watched. I, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, a, it felt to me like a bit of an intimacy thing. Um, right. Like she right. wasn't ready to kind of sh- be that real with him or, or something of that nature. And then she kind of meets him on the porch and in his place. And then it just yeah. doesn't become a thing, you know, but also she's kind of, lo- they're both looking at something else, you know? Um, yeah, she, yeah, she goes outside, eats, and he's like, do you want me to go inside? She's like, no. And and then she asks him, of course, the favor, and she's just bawling. When you just, she just needed some sort of real touch and real yeah. potential love and just someone to hold or to hold her so she could just let this emotion out. And it was just it was just remarkable. And you could tell Mike was a little uncomfortable, but yet he, he's being there, but he's he's totally – Cause he's a guy with a big guard up most of the time. So this was a big step for him, but it yeah. was just, what a, what a, I mean, you think of the favors like kill Milo or, you know, do this for me, but you know, and she, and, and she goes into like how a hundred of people said they would, they would, they would take a bullet for her, die for her uh, or, you know, kill someone for her. But yet no one of course follows through and Mike just did it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and it just, Again, if there's potential here for a relationship, um, I could definitely see it and I, it would probably work, but you know, I, I who knows? <laughs> well, we still don't know if they're going to be sitting there and Milo's going to show up at the door. You know, Perry was like, she's still got a tracker. Um, it's in her ass. Uh, I, you know, (laughs) you you just, you don't know because this show, like we were talking about last episode, it's like, there is a central mystery here to what Milo's doing. And is he orchestrating everything? Is any of this real? But to see the character of Mike, who has been running like the devil took off like a rocket from the first episode every episode driving the car parking it running out beating people up doing this doing that just to chill make the eggs be with her that i felt more from him than i did from her and i thought it was kind of smart of them too the camera you saw the way the camera 
was really following Mike, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time it seemed to start on him or come back to him while he looked at her or something of that nature. And it made you feel like you were in his place, right? Like you finally got into the cabin and, uh, that's real. I mean, I got to hand it to this show. You know, we didn't know what we were getting into when we started podcasting on it. We never do when it's a new show. And we we're lucky enough to watch it before it premiered. So we knew at least people were going to like the first episode was great. But they've really gone deep with this show. And I, I, I really hope that it does get more attention. It's going to be on my list of the top TV of 2021 when we do that this, oh. this weekend live on the Facebook page. This season has been amazing. I can't wait. We only got one episode left. Ooh, man, this yeah. is amazing. One ep left, and I'm going to miss doing this show with you, buddy, but we're going to look forward to it. And if you guys listening or gals listening, of course, want to chime in on what you think is going to happen in the finale, you can email us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on the old Twitter at DVR Podcast or W Axel Foley or at Heath Actor or find us on the yep. Facebook Daily DVR. Do you have anything else you want to say about this app? I think we're trying to kind of come into the end, baby. Yeah, I, I think we, you know, German pancakes done. Axel didn't watch the teaser done. Tim did did die. Um, inmate four six four two nine seven was awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, I, I think, I think, I think we covered it. Uh, we hopefully we'll get some answers next week. I'm sure we will. I mean, whether or not this wraps up in one episode, I, I don't think so. Um, there might be some storylines that I think, you know, possibly the Milo storyline might wrap up. Uh, I would think, or at least it would be major cliffhanger. I don't know. You know, I don't know how far this show is going to go in the finale, which is interesting. We really don't know. We shall see, baby. We'll be at the edge of our seats, and we hope that you join us next week. We get into the season finale. Oh, I didn't get to say, you know what? Oh, man, I didn't get to. Did I start out by saying this is the penultimate episode? Because we love always have to use the word penultimate. Yeah, (laughs) which I didn't even know. Okay. Evil incarnate penultimate. I didn't know until I watched Lost and podcasted about it. Oh, and real quick, again, the theme of this show, the score is excellent. But even when they're they're moving P Dog, they they just have like this drum beat going. Oh, it's so cool. Yes. It's just. Heath, I can't believe you brought that up because I was going to put it at the end of this episode, but I decided to put it at the end of the finale. So it's like an extra bonus that you get. But our great friend, Matt Murdick, has come through and sent me an analysis on the theme. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to put that at the end of the finale episode so everyone can hear it. It's going to be awesome. Matt does great work. You can find his stuff over on the Double P Podcast Network. And he also has his Bustin' Blockbusters podcast. Matt covers great. Oh, Before the Dragon as well, the originator of Podcast Winterfell. So at the end of the episode next week, I'll tag that onto it so everyone can listen and uh, yeah. give you some insight. And ever since, ever since Matt brought his musical expertise to lost and, and exam, you know, examining the scores and everything, it it changed my way of watching TV. I mean, I always like good themes and stuff, but listening to his analysis, really, I am more, my ears are more open to it. Like why I mentioned the drum beat. That's something like I was thinking, I was actually thinking during the episode, Oh, I wish Matt would analyze that. I'm just curious. And, And sure enough, you, you gave me, an er- an early Christmas gift for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> real going early, on. That's baby. awesome. Oh, that's yeah, really right. early. I forgot my joke too, where I was going to say, "Man, it feels like a year since we podcasted solo." Oh. I'm getting in all oh, my jokes huh. at the end. All right, happy new year. I haven't, I haven't year. talked to you since last year. <laughs> hey, ha- <laughs> and that's what I want to say. I want to say happy new year and three awful passings in the world: the great Betty White, uh, John Madden. And Dan Reeves, great, 
a Cowboys football player, yeah. coached the Broncos and the Falcons. Um, I mean, just, I mean, and Betty's weight hundredth birthday was going to be in a couple of weeks and she passes on new year's Eve. Oh, so sad, but man, what a life she lived. And she brought so much entertainment to our homes and what, I mean, and like the rent, the, I don't, I don't know, called the bet, the, I know the McCognizance and all the Matthew McConaughey, like Betty White, like there was a part after, well, after Golden Girl, she was in like Lake Placid and was so hilarious. And then she had this another, another chapter of her career that, you know, even younger people really liked her, you know, kind of yeah. like Tony Bennett had in the 90s when he was hanging out with the Chili Peppers at the MTV uh, Mo- uh, Music Awards. But it's just. So I just want to give a little shout out there and John Madden, what he did for, oh, for John, football. And yeah, I mean, that, he entertained us John Madden. for my whole life watching Cowboys yeah. games, you know, and, and he was the best man. Madden Summerall, Madden Summerall. Yeah. I think young people probably know John Madden from the video game. And, th- and when you think about him broadcasting, it was just a guy going, wham, boom, and all. But that's not true at all. He would do that yeah. every once in a while, but he really had Towards great- the end. Towards yeah. the end, like he was every, doing yes, stuff for Maddie. Much, but, but, yeah. but, 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 yeah, I mean, the, the, it, you can the fr- the give him a break. Turkey, the turkey chicken or whatever. Yeah, the turducats. <laughs> the and, uh, but he really was a great color commentator, and, he, and uh, him and Summerall were by far the best ever. And he taught, he taught people football. Yeah. Me. Like the average person. How I learned about you know? football. Yeah. yeah. Be so John Madden, the X's and the O's, man. Yeah, definitely. X's and the O's. When I was a little kid, I, I, I was getting, you know, and it set me up, you know, when I played football as a youth and in high school, like, you know, it's just the knowledge. Like I was like eight years old and I'm understanding football plays. Wait a minute. And then of course the Madden game, the same thing. He wanted, it to be realistic and you know and kids learn know what a cover two is you know <laughs> i mean it's like come on so and dan reeves just you know great football player great coach uh that just kind of just happened he was only 77 so that's sad but so we had a lot of deaths in kingstown this week axel um so near deaths uh, I wonder if Ed's dead. Ed's dead, baby. Ed's dead. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, we don't know, though. We don't know if Ed's dead. But we'll find out next week on <laughs> yeah. The Mayor of Kingstown. All right, everybody. We're going to end it. I like this little chat at the end of the episode solo. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, buddy. All right, guys, gals, prisoners, guards, Crips, Bloods, whoever's out there listening, thank you for downloading Thank you for listening. Head on over to dvrpodcast.com to find out more about us, as well as become a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. Until next time, a peace out. Yeah, sign up at Patreon. You get a free uh, German pancake with your purchase. <laughs>